following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios and the star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans alongside Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and Heckma Harrison. I won't call Heckma the sultry voice of Heckma Harrison today because he apparently doesn't like that. And we, we learned that yesterday mm. at the start of the show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire that nickname officially starting now. We got some other ones we're going to come up with. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that point at, at some time. I mean, I, I personally like the Arby's, man. I personally like the Arby's, the, the we have the meats. Keep it up, Kyle. I don't know, I don't know if that's Keep a sponsorship up, issue, <laughs> at least, but we'll we'll throw it in there. But glad you're with us here. On. I mean, we got we got to Kyle before the show. If people can oh, listen yeah. to the show like three minutes oh, before God, we no. start, oh, man. No, no. We may not have jobs. Good. It might, might be the case if we're being no, real. No, no, you. you. No, you. How would I not? You're, you're the guys that brought it to me. Whatever. Okay, that's not true. Y'all are throwing me under the bus at this point. Hey. Oh, but we're going to talk oh, about this Cowboys <laughs> offense versus the Steelers <laughs> defense. So it, it, so it's pretty good. Uh, the Steelers defense, <laughs> which is one of the best in the NFL against this Cowboys offense, who at least over the last couple of weeks has not gotten off the ground. But before we get in to the matchups there, Rob, we did see the Cowboys yesterday in practice and a little bit of an injury report surprise yesterday. We heard about Chris Jones from Mike McCarthy on Tuesday, but Ezekiel Elliott showing up and he was limited in practice. Have you heard anything further on what Zeke's situation is at the moment? Well, Zeke was limited with a hamstring, I believe it was on the injury report, and Alden Smith with a knee, both limited. Doesn't sound like anything to be alarmed about going into this week. Uh, it is 2020. It is the Cowboys this season. So, uh, you know, it, it always raises your eyebrows, like what else can happen to this team? But I don't think at this point, it sounds like they're probably just trying to manage both guys, get them to the game. And, you know, Zeke talked yesterday about uh, having to chop wood, you know, keep, keep coming at it in the run game to try to help the Cowboys get some balance in this game. And, and obviously they're going to need it in this game. Now, the injury report was not good when I saw Zeke there with the hamstring. But, you know, as you said, man, it's just maybe one of those things where you're getting guys uh, some rest, especially if they're nicked up. For me, Alden Smith, the, the knee. And Isaiah said something about this a, a couple uh, shows ago about him possibly being hurt. And maybe he's dealing with the knee issue. But we'll see. It sounds like both of those guys will be ready for game time. I yeah, I think it's more so on that heck than anything. I think Alden has... I think we've obviously seen a drop off in his in his production over the past few weeks. So I I think he's probably a tough dude. He's already quiet dude. So I'm pretty sure he just internalizes it. Um, he's just dealing with you know dealing with the pain of whatever he has. So I'm pretty sure they're trying to get him right. Um, in terms of in terms of Zeke, <laughs> that boy he he about to have to carry the whole team like a jam sport. So I'm pretty sure they just make sure his <laughs> legs is right. Yes. Well, and Mike Tomlin on conference call with local media in Dallas yesterday said that he was asked. 
Who, what, how do you approach the week, whether it's Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert, at quarterback? He said, either way, we're preparing for Zeke. And wow. that's, that's the Steelers' mindset because they know exactly what the Cowboys need to try to do to have a chance in this game, and that's get the run game going. Well, he's probably also got a little bit of PTSD whenever it comes to Elliott and what he did in his only career game against Pittsburgh. Week 10, 2016, 209 scrimmage yards, three touchdowns in that 35-30 to 30 win. That's the last time these two teams have met. And he also had a career-high 95 receiving yards in that game. That was, I mean, you could argue that might have been the the establishment of Zeke or maybe even his best game of his career, but he hasn't had anything close to that recently. So... When I get the point of Mike Tomlin of, of showing, hey, we need to play him for Zeke no matter what, which is kind of the case right now due to the one-sided offense. But Isaiah, whenever it comes to, to Zeke and his production this year, has not hit 100 rushing yards this year, hasn't done it in 14 of his last 16 games, at what point do you stop blaming the offensive line and you basically just say, Zeke, you've got to be better? Well, the run, a running back is nothing without their offensive line. So uh, he, he, we could say he, you got to be better all day long. I think the thing that he has to be better at, and he obviously already knows this, is just protecting the ball. Um, obviously, the opportunities that he has had to, to be productive on the ground has been halted by his uh, ability to hold on to the ball. Uh, we, we've seen that visually, for the, how he's been visually frustrated from that. Uh, that's a point of emphasis for him. Um, but I think that's more so his focus than anything. I mean, running the ball yards, I don't think he's, I don't think we were sitting up here saying we, he see, we see a hole that he, that he doesn't see or he's hitting a hole and he's slow or whatever it may be. It's just, He's getting what he can get um, and try not to throw a fit because <laughs> because right now it's, it's slim pickings out there. And, um, you know, it's going to be even more frustrating probably this week. Rob? Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I mentioned yesterday or the other day that I know his production isn't near what he expects or what the Cowboys are used to. Uh, he's he's up there in terms of 10 plus yard runs this year. You know, I know that's I know everybody talks about they want to break off the big runs, the 20 plus yard run. He's still moving the chains when they actually have a chance to run and are being balanced. And some of that, as he said, it's his own fault. Like Isaiah mentioned, the turnovers have hurt their balance. Mm -hmm. And defensively, their struggles have hurt their balance, getting behind on the scoreboard, man. But I was encouraged by the way they were able to run the ball against the Eagles. Yeah, against a good Eagles front, you get Zach Martin back, you get some of those combo blocks going inside between the tackles. And I thought Zeke had some success, but Tony Pollard looked awesome. Last week, yeah. I think he, you know, seven carries, 40 yards. Maybe you see more of, of Pollard and Zeke together to try to help whatever, whoever quarterback is in there going forward the next week or two. No, absolutely agree with both of you guys. And, and I think for, for Zeke and, and people not wanting to hear the excuse about the offensive line, look, man, when you go to the injuries on the offensive line, it reads like the end of a pharmaceutical commercial <laughs> with all the guys that have been hurt. And so you have to consider, you have to consider that. But I also think with the combination of the, you know, the musical chairs on the offensive line, I think that's also impacted him. Look, no one wants to hear that excuse. They want for Zeke to be dominant. But like you said, Rob, the balance just hadn't been there offensively and the turnovers have 
have plagued him. Now, thankfully, he didn't have any uh, against Philly. Uh, but also you have those those broadcasters like Chris Collinsworth that are you know showing that Zeke may be missing a hole here or mm-hmm. there. Look, I attribute a lot of that to just Zeke. As soon as he gets the, the handoff, he typically has someone on him or uh, the first man uh, to miss. So that hadn't been his MO. We've been used to a guy like Ezekiel Elliott running downhill for four quarters, and we hadn't seen that. So, look, a lot of the, crit- the, a lot of the criticism is warranted, but just the way that this season is going – Look, I just want to see Zeke be healthy coming out of this season. Uh, nothing catastrophic uh, and just get those fumbling issues under control. I, I have a question. I have a question. I know I know this is usually out the ordinary, but just what if? What if? You know, obviously, we saw the production difference last week by Martin coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what What if we put Looney at left, at left guard and kept Biotis at center? Now we have our guards shirt up, right? And our tackles are getting better. What if what if we what if Looney bumped over to left guard? Could he do it? And what what do you guys think the production would be if he moved over there? I've been saying it. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with best five, man. Like whether it's I guess that'd be moving Connor to right tackle. Is that what you're thinking, Isaiah? Like do that. Or, you know, I know Mike McCarthy has basically said it's what fantasy football to think about moving Zach to right (laughs) tackle. But, I, I mean, he's done it. He did it in Seattle. Uh, I, I just would be, especially with this matchup, I know they're not going to do it. You know, they're going to keep Zach where he is, what it sounds like. But, yeah, I would be looking at shoring up the tackle spots. And they've got, with Looney coming back, they got depth. I didn't think Connor McGovern was that bad at right tackle. Yeah. Or right guard, excuse me, when he was in there for yeah. Zach. So, I just feel like their, their interior depth, to your point, is better than their tackle depth at this point. Yeah, we can, we continue to go back to that continuity, and that's what your offensive line is going to need. And this is our eleventh combination of guys starting at the at the offensive line. And at some point, these guys have got to get used to playing together. Now, still, look, it, this, it's the tape is already out, so we we know, and the questions have been asked: How is this guy continuing to start uh, every week? But if the coaches trust him to be out there on on Sundays, then we have to also. Um, I want to see Zach where he is. Uh, I I know he is he is all world right there at at, at right guard. But we know what our issues are at left guard as well. Connor Williams, I want to say he's getting better as the season progresses. But one of the things that I am just really I think is positive is just to see Biotish be able to get to the second level and what they did last week against Philly. So another week of these guys together, you know, look, hopefully it it can get better. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse. I think <laughs> and and that is the devil's advocate point. Sorry, Kyle, that, that just that Mike McCarthy wants to preserve any type of continuity he has. If he could get the same five starting two weeks in a row, that's a win for him. So yeah. yes. that's I think that's probably what he's pointing to. Well, and I think whenever it comes to that question, Isaiah, and you're you're talking about replacing the left guard, it would have to mean that Williams would move to tackle. If you're just doing it to replace mm-hmm. him, I don't think Looney's an upgrade over no, Connor no, Williams. No, no, no. But if I'm, you're moving him out to tackle, no, I'm talking, then I'm 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 yeah. there with you. But I also think the the reasoning behind Mike McCarthy keeping this continuity with the interior of the line is because he thinks these are the guys moving forward. He thinks that Biotis would be at center, Williams at left guard, and then uh, Martin at right tackle when Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith come back at the tackle spots, barring any big draft picks coming up this offseason or any signings or whatnot whenever it comes to the offensive line. I think that's his plan (laughs) with the offensive line moving forward. I think it's those guys that he could see a little bit of continuity with, and I feel like that's at least – 
part of his reasoning with maybe trying to get Tyler Biotish in a rhythm with those two guys around him. Yeah, no, I, I get that, and I understand it from the coach's perspective. But however, I don't find security in knowing that there's a man that could that could help you out substantially on the offensive line, and he's sitting on the bench. I don't, I don't like it. And so I, I'm, I'm all about trying to find a way. Now, you've been doing musical chairs for this long. Let's go ahead and make sure we get our best <laughs> five guys out there, and we'll figure it out, right? Like, I, I find security in the fact that Biata's holding the center down, and then you have Looney and freaking Martin like on, on, on each side of him, right? Mm-hmm. That makes I, me feel like a lot that. better. Um, I'm sure it makes it, it makes uh, the rest of these quarterbacks feel a lot better too. And then Connor, and then Connor, yeah, he could bump out, right? I mean, he, he hasn't yeah. been that that successful at the guard <laughs> position. So let's put him out there at tackle. I think he's a smaller offensive lineman anyway. That ha- that's probably quicker than the rest of the guys. So put him yeah. out there. You know, let's see what happens. But I, I like those three guys being on the inside. Biotis has proven himself to to be a starter in this league now. Kudos to him, young guy coming in and taking care of business. Now let's make sure we put some some veteran guys on each side of him to help him out. No, that's that's awesome, Isaiah, and that that may be a wrinkle that these the the Cowboys look at. And I'm look offensively, I'm looking for whatever new wrinkle Kellen Moore is going to have this week because last week was disastrous. And if you have yeah. a guy like Looney that you can move, like say to a jumbo package where you put him out like at a t- report as a tight end, so you know, so to speak, like that to whatever side we're running to instead of doing a wildcat uh, sort of situation like we had uh, last week. But getting <laughs> Looney involved one way or another uh, it, with this offensive line, I- I'm for it. Brandon Knight is still he's still on IR, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming off mm-hmm. he had the scope, I believe. Was that correct? I'm losing track of all these injuries. Yes, man. he's still on IR <laughs> yes. at the moment. Yeah, so maybe when he gets back, maybe there's a competition at right tackle with Steele, and and mm-hmm. if they're happy with Cam Irving at left tackle. But like Isaiah brings up a great point, and and I've been saying it too that especially with this matchup, you know, you go back and you watch a little of the Steelers on tape, and you see Bud <laughs> Dupree and T.J. Watt meet at the quarterback on some of these plays and just kind of high five each other. Like that's it's a huge problem. It's a huge matchup problem that they've got to figure out how to address. And Isaiah, I'm glad you brought up this question specifically because kind of going off of what Rob said earlier, there were some positive moments in the run game against Philadelphia and the way you were able to kind of control the line of scrimmage from time to time and what is what what is really a good front for Philadelphia. But now you go into this matchup and if you make those moves and you shift around the offensive line, it'll sure up your pass protection. That's really kind of what we're talking about here is pass protection. But is it really the kind of move that is going to help the run game against a, a front like Pittsburgh? I think so. You know, on a, on an interior, I mean that's the most uh, <laughs> that's the most amount of weight that you really have, right? I mean Connor's probably the weighs least less than than okay. Looney, um, and I think that I don't think he's probably. If I had to put those two in the weight room, I would assume that Looney would be stronger. I'm not sure, but yeah, um, the fact that he's just he, yeah, the fact that he's just a vet alone. Um, you know, putting those guys on each side of Biotis makes me feel secure. I'll run the ball up the middle with those three guys. I would. Um, now, as we talk about the outside, that's something different. But, you know, we run a yeah. zone scheme anyway, so I, that shouldn't matter that much. The fifth rated rushing defense in the NFL are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you guys worried in the fact that Zeke may not be able to get off the ground this week at all and and even see any kind of improvement based off of what we saw last week? Why would you let him? 
Yeah, why would you let him get off the ground as a defensive as a defensive coach? Why would you let him? Yeah, you, I mean, you you heard what Rob just said in terms of you know Tomlin's interview. That's that's number one, numero uno. That's nothing it. nothing else matters, right? Nothing else. If, I, if I'm playing against Hex, my son, who's out there mossing everybody, guess what? I'm putting all attention on little Heck. That's all. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If something else manifests itself, then guess what? We'll figure that out. But number, this is what's not going to happen tonight, right? Yeah, the cupboards are bare. And it's like Swartz last week. It was the easiest defensive call for him, knowing that at one after the first quarter, he's like, look, this guy can't get the ball to his receivers to yep. save his life. It's going to be the same situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And, and you, when their film study that you guys did, which was, a, was a awesome and amazing as well, uh, just showing that zone defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers play and the zone blitz package that they're going to present to the Dallas Cowboys. It doesn't matter who starts. They're going to confuse our, our quarterbacks yeah. and make it increasingly difficult to try and stretch the field and get the ball down uh, the field. So it's going to be important that we establish the run game one way or another. Win, lose, or draw. This is going to be the part that we have to stick to if we want to have any success or it not look like a complete whatever show you want to call it uh, a dumpster <laughs> fire this is you know but we have to we have to stick to the running game and I, I i would go back to say that look if the court if the quarterback throws the ball 35 40 times we lose but hey man that's just been the going thing we gonna throw the ball 40 times no matter what anyway you know baltimore had some success last week man mm-hmm. they i think they had 265 yards rushing and it wasn't all lamar jackson going crazy so i would say there's a template there but that's Lamar Jackson that prevent, yep. yeah. presents that, that yeah, threat yeah. back there. And that's why, that's why I'm sure the coaching staff looked at it with their quarterback situation and said, we have to have a veteran guy. Even if it's a veteran guy that's had three career pass attempts, whether it's Gilbert or Rush, we have to have a guy that's played a little bit in the league. Because it's, and it's no knock on Ben DiNucci, but they, the p- downfield passing game, was, it w- there was zero threat. Not there existed. was no threat in yeah. the game last Sunday. And... He just wasn't ready. And so I've at least watched Cooper Rush in preseason games with start, the starting offense. I've seen him move the ball. You know, with Kellen Moore here, with some form of this offense, I've seen him do it. It's not an ideal situation, but that would be my pick just because I know more of him than Gary Gilbert. We'll see what they do, but that's why they're doing that because they have, you have to give at least, try to give some kind of threat for both run or pass. Rob, being one of the the few that have, uh, I guess, seen Cooper Rush every single snap of his preseason career and then his limited action in terms of the regular season, kind of give me a synopsis on what he brings to the table as a quarterback. What kind of person is he behind center? He's, you know, he's solid backup. He was a solid backup for a couple years. I mean... (laughs) Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to I don't think you're going to build a game plan defensively around him necessarily. Mm-hmm. But um, but I he to me there after his first year, you could see progress in terms of and again, it's training camp and preseason. We're not talking about big sample size here yeah. of cutting it loose a little bit more. And, and you know, he can make those intermediate the deep throws. It's not going to be just dink and dunk. So I guess that's somewhat encouraging given a situation that they're in. But like Isaiah said yesterday, there is no just great answer here. I mean, you're talking even for him, he's coming in I think this week. You know, he had to go through the COVID testing protocol. <laughs> so like he literally just got here technically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and if it's Gilbert, 
Gilbert got here two and a half weeks ago, something like that, too. They signed him right after Dak got hurt. So, I mean, this is just kind of the situation they're in. It is the situation they're in. It's the one they're faced with, and they're faced with possibly the best defense in the NFL coming up on the other side of the football. So coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about that defense and just how the Cowboys can help out in terms of maybe moving the football a little bit against the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. And I'm not talking about Cameron Hayward or JJ or TJ Watt, rather. That's how deep this defense is. We're going to talk about it next on the other side of the break here on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit the stardistrict.com. And Heckman and I went and got some sushi marquee last week. We tried to invite you guys, but I, I forgot to press send. It was a whole wow. thing. I know. Thanks, Kyle. I know. Thanks, man. Just completely I forgot. see it three yeah. times a week. I know wow. it's, it's unfortunate. Periscope people, y'all, y'all see how he does this, right? Y'all see how he does me and Rob P. That's what you. Huh? Yeah. That's what you get for the the pre-show shenanigans. That's, wow. That's the the retaliation wow. for that. But that's okay. Hey, we'll invite you next time. We might go. <laughs> we might go somewhere over there. No, it's just cool. I mean, it's cool. I understand. I grew up in a bad neighborhood. Rob has a has a you know rapper's name. Rob P. It's all good. <laughs> we understand how the, where the direction is going. We see it. Somebody salty? (laughs) (laughs) Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and guys, I'm going to go through a couple names for you here on this Steelers defensive side of the Uh football. How about this? Joe Hayden from Florida, cornerback. 
Minka Fitzpatrick, safety from Alabama. Terrell Edmonds out of Virginia Tech. He's a safety as well. T.J. Watt, we all know about him. Devin Bush Jr., Bud Dupree, and Cameron Hayward. Those are all first-round picks starting just Mm. the first string on the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. All first-round picks. So I guess one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of their 11 starters, first-round picks in terms of this Pittsburgh defense. Oh, and by the way, the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Stefan Tuitt, is coming off that left edge. And so you've got quite the task whenever it comes up against the Steelers defense this week. But whenever it comes to the front seven or the secondary, which one scares you the most in the matchup with the Cowboys this week, Heckman, whenever it really could go either way? Man, when you go through those names and all it it says to me is just the legacy that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had on defense for so many years. Mm -hmm. And it just started from, I mean, from you go back to the Steel Curtain and more recently the Dick LeBeau uh, defenses with Troy Palomalu and Porter. I mean, they've always, Harrison, they've always had some guys and now they just continue that legacy with more dogs. And... You know, we talked about Joe Hayden yesterday and his ability to, you know, cover guys. And he's just uh, the master of that zone defense that they play. But also Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is from Alabama's. Man, he's about as hard-hitting as they come. And he's going to be meeting Ezekiel Elliott a lot uh, at the line of scrimmage. So you, you go through those names. But, I mean, guys like Devin Bush, who's hurt and is out for the year. But, man, you talk about a young linebacker that is a dog and flies around T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, all of those guys, man. And, and it's not just uh, the, the, those guys. It's just the rotation that they have with additional guys. Cameron, Hay- Cameron Hayward, uh, Ironhead Hayward's uh, son. Mm-hmm. Another guy with it, been, in the, been in the league for, uh, I believe, 11 years, but has a motor has a motor and is a big part of what they do as far as being a run stuffer. So the Cowboys offensive line, I know that's not fancy talk, uh, but they're going to have their work cut out for them. But that secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick, but also Terrell Edmonds, you talk about him out of Virginia Tech. He's a big part. He's like the glue to that whole thing. So, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is like, you know, release the Kraken every time they take (laughs) the field. So this is going to be interesting to see how we, uh, you know, gain any success on this defense and it's going to have to be inch by inch Rob yeah actually heck I was going to hit you with what you just said going back to your guy me and Joe like just watching them on tape yeah is there any like we've talked about just a general thought about the Steelers we talk about identity with the Cowboys under Mike McCarthy like who do they want to be what's their culture the Steelers on defense have had the same identity for 50 years yeah 50 years it's the same thing you watch them on tape and I'm not comparing them to the steel curtain of the 70s, but you just watch the way they play and how physical they are and how much speed they have on defense. And it's yeah. every decade they've, they've had the same type of identity. And they've got, they've got it now. Kyle, to answer your question, I would say up front is probably their bread and butter because I think just watching them, a little bit of them on tape, it just seems like the secondary feeds off of their pressure and the mm-hmm. way they get after the quarterback and the way they stop things in the run game. You know, the two leading... <laughs> The two leading guys in the league in tackles for loss are on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it's T.J. Watt and I'm I'm blanking right is it, now. Is it Tewitt or Dupree? Dupree? No, no, it's Vince Williams. Sorry, oh, Vince wow. Williams, the linebacker. Just who, add another, who, name like, another guy. 
an, another guy. Yeah. And like I thought of I thought of Isaiah when I was watching it the other last night where. Isaiah, you said they're bullies. Like Vince Williams bullies guys. You watched, yeah. I mean, Ryan Tannehill trying to take off and scramble, and he got blown up by Vince Williams. He looked like one of those uh, tackling dummy toys back in the day, you know, just getting <laughs> yeah. thrown around. Like yeah. th- these guys are, they're really good. And I, I think it, it comes down to, though, their pressure up front really allows the Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick and those guys to really fly around and go make plays on the football. If you if you get in third and long against these guys, you're in big trouble. Big trouble. Absolutely correct, man. And it's the front seven for me, Kyle, uh, to answer your question. The front seven is uh, they're relentless. There's, there's no other word that describes these guys except for that. They are relentless. They don't stop. You guys talk about the idea, you know, we've talked about, I brought it up about identity and culture. You know what you're getting when you play Pittsburgh. You, you know exactly what you're getting. There's only a handful of teams that can run with Pittsburgh, and that's Baltimore and, you know, Baltimore, probably, you know, Tampa and KC, just because of the speed of their offenses, right? Just because they can run with these guys. They can, they can move them. They can make them move off their mark. These guys trust their front seven. Their front seven knows that their job is to get pressure. If they get pressure, then quarterbacks are going to make mistakes, right? And the quarterbacks make mistakes, they're going to throw the ball up and probably going to land in the hands of, of, of the defenders of the Steelers simply because these Steelers defenders, as good as they are in man-to-man coverage, as we talk about the Joe Haydens and, the, yeah. and, the, and, you know, and all these guys, right? As good as they are in man-to-man coverage, guess what? They're not being asked to play man-to-man. No. They, they, if they wanted to, they could, they could play man to man and lock you up if they wanted to. But guess what? In a heartbeat. Why 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 put this pressure on you? How, how about I take this guy who's an absolute dog at man to man coverage, and guess what? How about I give him a, a a ten year a ten yard box that he has to cover? Huh? How about that? How about I take the pressure off you and just say I need you to own this ten yards, and I need you to trust the teammates next to you to that they're, that they're going to do their job as well. And guess what? When opportunities present themselves. Take advantage of them. If somebody presents himself to you, knock the wind out their doggone chest. And that's all these guys are being asked to do. And they are having fun doing it. They're playing balls to the wall. They're just, it's just, it's nonstop, right? These guys, and, and it's, it's deflating as an offense. Yeah. It's very deflating because there's no point in the game where you feel like, oh, they're going to wear down. Right. Oh, they're mm-hmm. going to give up because as you guys <laughs> no. talk about, there's a whole no. new wave, right? When the guys do, when you do yeah. see them get their hands on their hips, guess what? Their coach is pulling them out and they're bringing in a couple more dogs that are going to bring just the same amount of fire that the original guys did. So yeah. you're going to have to deal with it all day long from snap to snap. And, and as you guys talk about, those, you know, talk about that pressure, you talk about Rob, the bullies on this defense, that's what they do. And they feed off of it, right? They feed off each other. The energy that they have, they know that they're the heartbeat of this team. They're really connected defensively when you watch it. Yes. Like that's, when you, we talk about being connected defensively with the Cowboys trying to get to that point, the Steelers are at that point. They, they just work so well together from the front seven and the back, and the back end. And the first thing yeah. I thought about – Coaches – Go for it. Go for it, Heckman. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to – just the, the football cliche of, of guys' defense being like a link in a chain. You know, they play very well together. Everything, uh, all of these positions are strong. But I just wanted to go back to what you said, Rob, as far as just the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, they've been practicing at the same uh, – the two-a-days uh, is at Latrobe. It's every year. They don't mm. – and their football organization is filled with football people, right? And so this team last year lost Ben Roethlis but still was a game away from actually making it into the playoffs. So 
you, 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 we look at your circumstances and you look at other teams and you see how they've overcome as well. Now, albeit not in the pandemic and all of those things that yeah. go along with it, mm -hmm. but that's the culture that you say next man up kind of mentality, even when you lose your number one guy. And so it doesn't matter if you lose your middle linebacker or defensive end, the product, the, the product that you're going to get on the field is going to be hard nosed and it's going to be hustling and it's going to be bully ball no matter who puts that, that, that helmet on. This is always a uh, this is always an intense week for Heckman because he grew up in a family full of Steelers fans with Cowboys fandom oozing from himself. But I will say I completely agree with this point, and I, I want to add to it is the fact that they're bullies on the defensive side of the football. And I know we're not going to start a rookie quarterback. But we're going to start a, a very inexperienced quarterback no matter what. But rookie quarterbacks are 0-5 versus the Steelers since 2017. And rookie quarterbacks versus the Steelers since 04? Since 2004. 4-0. And 24 is their record against the Steelers' offense. And this is just talking about So rookies. you're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. a chance. And guess who was the last one to do it? Guess who was the last rookie quarterback to do it? Dak defeat? Prescott. It Dak. was. It was Dak Prescott. Now, unfortunately, Dak one Prescott. One of the best won. games you'll ever see. Oh, it was such a good game. Yeah. That was the, the goodbye Zeke call from Brad Sham, the great Brad Sham on the Cowboys radio network. And, man, I remember I was listening to that in my car. I don't know what I was doing. I, I, I was still in college at the time, and I was listening to my car. And it was, know, goodbye, We Zeke. know what you were doing. Goodbye. Oh, whatever. Stop it. I think I was at church. It was a Sunday <laughs> night. But anyways, whenever it comes to inexperience at the quarterback position, this team Touchdown. feasts. <laughs> this team feasts. Onyx inexperience at the quarterback position. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about how the Cowboys' inexperience can find a bit of a hole and maybe some mismatches the Cowboys can exploit when we come back on Talking Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Oh. Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. 
May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. I'm red in the face right now because this past commercial break is one of the funniest things I've experienced in a long time. But... Oh, gosh. Got to reset. <laughs> Talking Cowboys here. Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Kyle Yeomans with you. Glad you're having fun with us. Hope you're having as much fun as we are breaking down this game. Somebody needs a little positivity in their in their life right now. Yes. Of course, we, we have a lot going on in our, our country. We have a lot going on in our f- football franchise at the moment. But, hey. We're staying positive. We're smiling through it, and we are glad you're here with us. And Heckman, you you brought up a great point yesterday. You brought up a point of we need positivity right now. We need to bring some positivity. Yes, we do. So let's do that with this Cowboys offense. Let's find the positive side of things. Is there some place that the Cowboys could have some success against the Steelers come Sunday, Heckma? Well, you're going to make me earn my $15. Earn today, it. I you? want you to earn yeah, it. Yeah, you said $10 pay down cut. down to 15 You said $20. You said $10 <laughs> Dang. I, I, I figured that's about where you guys are. So, oh, um, yeah, you're almost at my cameo numbers now. That's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> no, man. Um, if I'm looking for anything, it's going to be, and just based off of, and this may be complete fantasy to even think this because you know in the Baltimore game that the Pittsburgh Steelers were keying off on Lamar Jackson as well. And that's why their other running backs were able to have some success. But that's it. I, I'm, the only thing that I'm looking at is for our running game to try and get established. And if Zeke can't do it because of what Tony Pollard did last week, hopefully him as a changeup uh, can have break off some big runs because that's the only place that I see it, especially with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense being the fifth ranked uh, defense. Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, has these guys playing lights out. And like we said before, you know, once the running game becomes obsolete, all they're going to do is pin their ears back and come after us and, you know, and crowd the line of scrimmage. And once it gets to that point, it increasingly becomes difficult to run. And so it's going to, I'm hoping that we can have those big gash uh, runs, but also looking at Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield. And I know that they're going to be keying on that as well, but trying to get him involved in the passing game and also Tony Pollard involved in the passing game. We talked about him coming out of Memphis being uh, looked at as a flanker receiver uh, type. Hopefully we can get him involved because Everything else, as far as getting throws down the field, I don't think uh, Rush or Gilbert is going to be effective there. Rob, uh, I want to see. Oh, I want to see. I want to see Schultz in the uh, on movement. That's what I want to see. I want to see Schultz catching some of these underneath routes and and, and breaking a tackle. He needs some yak yardage. I, I think that they're going to do a lot of too tight, just like we did last week in terms of trying to keep guys in the box and try to block it up as much as possible to give these quarterbacks pressure. I mean, give these quarterbacks some, uh, give them some relief from the pressure. Uh, but I think I think that whenever we do get on the move, you know, in bootlegs, nakeds, you know, sprint outs, things of that nature, I think Schultz has to be that guy um, that's that's going to you know be the outlet for him. And you know, though you turn those five yard plays right, those easy little drop offs um, into into 20 yard gains if you could break break a couple tackles they actually you know ben Denucci actually when he got something going late in the game he seemed to settle in just a little bit and schultz mm-hmm. was 
guy he was looking towards late in the mm-hmm. game against Philly. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the run game. And, I again, I, I'm encouraged by what they did against Philly last week. I still feel like, you know, the Cowboys receivers can win matchups one-on-one, no matter who they're up against. And, and to Isaiah's point, they did go more too tight, too, more 12 personnel last week. I yeah. think CeeDee Lamb only had maybe 30 snaps in the game. But I still think it would maybe, maybe with a more experienced quarterback, whether it's Gilbert or Rush, the, the timing and the rapport isn't there. But there might be more of an opportunity to get the ball down the field if they can protect. And that's a huge question mark. But if they can protect, I still believe, you know, we just haven't seen it because of the, the, just the lack of continuity up front and the lack of continuity at quarterback. But I still think they've got an opportunity to win their battles, get separation. And I think it's going to have to take a chunk player too to, to win this game. To at least give yourself a chance to win this game and move the ball offensively. I don't think you can have... 15 play, 12 play drives against the Steelers defense, they're eventually going to force you into a mistake. You know, I was I was watching that game very casually last week against Baltimore, dealing with the baby and everything. And every time I looked up, they were stripping the ball and they're picking it off. So they they are they are a high turnover defense. Rob, whenever you talk about the the timing and the the continuity with an offense and a quarterback, is there going to be that much of a difference? Is that much of a, an improvement from Ben DiNucci last week to either Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert whenever it comes to them playing as a starting quarterback? Can it get worse? I wish I had that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I wish I knew that answer. I, I don't think we're going to know until we see it. Yeah. Um, but that's but the hope, I just, right? I. I, I yeah, I, I think I, I think those guys have a little more experience just in terms of well Cooper Rush in this in this offense to begin with, but Danucci's pock presence. I, I just think he he wasn't ready for the speed of this game, and and maybe these guys are a little bit more, and maybe that's maybe you know and that I, I, Mike Mike basically said it yesterday again against a defense of this caliber, you've got to have more experience. You absolutely have to. That's that's a that's a loaded question, uh, Kyle. And, yeah, I don't know and, how you and, answer it. And the, the thing is, is like if, if these guys are any better than Danucci, hopefully they're better at not getting sacked and fumbling, you know, like hold on to the ball. The the offensive play calling has got to be better this week for Rush or Gilbert, who, whomever it is. And if we get into the red zone again uh, this week, we got to punch this in. We got to get we got to get points and yeah. not. Uh, field goal. So that's going to be uh, very important. But what you say about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is, is also true, man. These guys are punching and ripping at the ball. And with a team like the Cowboys that has just been a fumble turnover machine, that's not that's just not a good thing to walk into a game like this knowing that this Pittsburgh Steelers offense turns those turnovers into points. And that's been the, our Achilles heel all season long is turnovers and team scoring points telling those turnovers. So Look, ball security, uh, getting into the red zone. If we get in the red zone, actually getting points, uh, touchdowns, and not field goals is going to be important for the Cowboys for sure. Uh, yeah, so as we talk about which quarterback, it doesn't matter. I already said it in Rock. It really doesn't matter. The thing I'm more concerned about is these quarterbacks trying to get the ball out when they when they sense and they see pressure, mm-hmm. right? The reason being is when – when Pittsburgh blitzes, they're not blitzing and playing man coverage. They're doing zone blitz. And this is probably the first team that we face this year that runs a true zone blitz where they're dropping the defensive ends out into coverage. And Isaiah, and, Isaiah, Isaiah, tell, like, explain because people don't think they understand yeah. the difference between that and actually being in man and how a quarterback processes Absolutely. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so typically whenever you see a, a blitz, right, a lot of times it can be man coverage. So if if you if they have, you know, three down linemen or four down linemen, they'll bring the linebackers up the middle, right, and you know that everybody else is all your receivers, your two, three receivers and your tight end are going to be in man coverage. It's going to be one person sticking them versus a zone blitz. Say I step up to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback and I see two guys looking like they're about to come off the left side, right? Well, my eyes go where? My eyes go to the left side and I'm in my head. I'm thinking, okay, blitz. I have man-to-man coverage. Maybe one of my inside receivers can now run a one-step slant. The whole middle of the field is open, right? So all he has to do is get inside that defender. I can throw the ball to him really quickly. He can catch it and take off for 20 yards if he gets some yak yardage. Aha, Pittsburgh knows that. So what do they do? They bring <laughs> pressure. Back. They bring pressure from one side, right? They bring pressure from one side. All the linebackers shift over to the side that just vacated, and the and, the, and where they just vacated. Now the defensive end, the defense line, defensive lineman who has his hand in the ground, now drops back into that void into mm-hmm. coverage where you typically would throw your hot route or your your route, you know, where you you know, kind of like your your safety blanket. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, as a as a quarterback on the line of scrimmage, you don't see that because you're in panic mode. You're like, crap, they're coming. I have to get it out of my hand. I got to get it to my my nearest guy. Well, typically your nearest guy is exactly where that defensive end is looking up for it. He's going towards that guy because he knows that's the only place you can go with the ball. That's the, only place, that's the only place you have time to throw the ball. And Lamar Jackson threw a pick six just like yep. that. Yeah, he did. Just like that. Yep. And, and, you know, actually, and just generally having that clock in your head, Danucci's first fumble, it, it's that pocket awareness we're talking about. Like, he, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't dial up a passing situation like that with a young quarterback in the red zone, but he should have gotten rid of it. And so that those kind of things, you think with a quarterback who's been around a little bit longer – they can, they can sense those things and, and be a little bit more mindful of the football. It should be interesting. Cowboys are going to have to figure it out on the, de- on the offensive side of the football to slow down that Steelers defense. They did it in 2016. I mean, that was a different season than 2020, but Ezekiel Elliott had a really big game, and we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off for Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. A special thanks to Chris Beam in the back because he's going to play us out with one of the best calls that I've heard from Brad Sham, and it's the touchdown run from Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott in 2016. Let's go ahead and play that out. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. Here we go. Run Zeke. Up the middle. He's gone. Zeke's gone. Goodbye, Zeke. Touchdown. Short yardage pinched in. The dogs got out. The Cowboys are going to steal one in Pittsburgh. 32 yards. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!